On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Elon Musk announces the unveiling date for Tesla's Cybertruck, plus an update on the specs and performance of the Plaid Mode Model S, good news for standard range plus Model 3 owners, and more. What's happening, my friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and to my left, curled up in a little boxer ball, is Daisy the Boxer Puppy. This is Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for November 10th, 2019, episode 223. Uh, yet another busy week of Tesla news. There is plenty to go over. Uh, I had a great time last weekend with the San Francisco Tesla Owners Club. I want to thank Rich who heads up the club and coordinates everything. We had a really fun time. We met up at the Daily City Supercharger, had a good time chatting there for a while, and then headed off on a nice drive down the coast to uh, Cameron's Pub, a, a British-themed pub uh, down in Half Moon Bay there right on, right on the coast. And just a really nice time. Always fun to chat with other Tesla owners. So that was good stuff. Again, if you have not done a local Tesla club event, Give one a try, because I think you'll find that you have. If you, I mean, if you're if you're into Tesla enough to listen to this podcast, you're probably going to have fun at an owners club meetup. Uh, meanwhile, the big the big software update that I've been talking about for a few weeks now is finally rolling out in mass. Uh, it seems that it had it had started a week ago, so I, I was kind of waiting all weekend. Oh, I'm gonna it's it's time. I'm gonna get it. Yay! I'll go test it out. Uh, the power update meaning. And it never came, and it turns out it looks like it was halted. Uh, there, there must have been some kind of bug or something with it. That's why they do these on a phased rollout. But now, uh, pushing out wide to a number of people this uh, here on Friday night. So over the course of the weekend, you'll see it. If you, you'll probably see it if you haven't seen it already. I just got mine. I installed it just before recording this. 2019.36.2.1. So my plan is this weekend, in fact, tomorrow, hopefully, I'm going to take my Draggy, D-R-A-G-Y. I've had a couple people ask me about it. It's a, little, it's a little dongle that uses a Bluetooth connection to your phone with an app, and then it's got a GPS thing in it. Uh, so it uses the phone and the GPS, and it can pretty accurately measure, you know, zero to 60 times, quarter mile times, etc. So I, I had bought one when I got my car, and I have used it, I've, I've measured uh, the last time there was a 5% power increase and saw my 0 to 60 time go from 3.5 seconds with no rollout to 3.4 with no rollout. So I am eager to, to test it out again to see what effect this latest update has. So if you're curious how that goes and you don't want to wait a whole week to hear about it on next week's show, I'll be posting those results from the from the app on my Instagram. So keep an eye out for that. All right, let's get rolling here with the week's Tesla news. The big story this week, you probably heard about it. Let's talk about it. Elon Musk announces the unveiling date for the Tesla pickup truck, which is now at least colloquially known, and perhaps soon officially, who knows, known as the Cybertruck, which I think is super cool. In fact, my phone already wants to correct it to, to intercapped T, so <laughs> Cyber, capital C, Y-B-E-R, capital T-R-U-C-K, 
So good job, iPhone. I'm totally on board with that. Uh, so it will be happening November 21st, which is a Thursday. It's Elon saying Cybertruck unveil on November 21st in LA near SpaceX rocket factory. And yes, by the way, as Elon himself pointed out in a follow-up tweet, Los Angeles, November 2019, if that sounds familiar to you, that's because that is exactly when and where Blade Runner takes place, which we know the truck is inspired by Blade Runner, and Elon has, or at least Elon has said it looks like it, it, it came out of Blade Runner. And of course, we also know how much Elon loves his pop culture tie-ins and pop culture references. And just to hammer home the cyberpunk uh, theory, the Blade Runner uh, theory here, Elon replied to my friend Ben Sullins from Teslanomics, who had asked Elon, do we need to dress in cyberpunk attire at the unveiling event? And Elon replied simply saying yes. So <laughs> here's the thing. I don't think Elon is joking about that. This is one of those things where it seems like Elon's probably joking, but I suspect he's actually probably not joking. Uh, now, I don't want to read into his tweet too deeply because that can get you into trouble. You know, it's Twitter is a is a is you know by nature a a short abbreviated place, two hundred eighty characters. I don't want to read into it too deeply, but. Even though the implication of that tweet would be that the event would take place at the Tesla Design Studio, which is next door to SpaceX, by the fact that Elon said it would be near the SpaceX rocket factory, to me it seems a little bit odd that Elon didn't explicitly state that, because the, the Design Studio is typically where the unveilings happen. That's where Model 3 happened, Model Y. However, uh, and again, maybe I'm making a mountain out of a molehill here, I wonder if it's going to take place right next door there at the Hawthorne Airport, that little regional little airport, which is where the semi-truck slash next-gen Roadster reveal happened, because, of course, in that case, Elon had these giant semi-trucks, and he brought those in, and then the the Roadster came off the back of one of the trucks and went zipping around, so there was plenty of room for that at the at the airport, at the airfield. Uh, now, and here, uh, it leads me to wonder, okay, with the truck, since he didn't say design studio, could it be the Hawthorne Airport again? They've used it before, because w would maybe Elon in be intending to tow something insane with the Cybertruck as part of the onstage demonstration? Perhaps... A Falcon 9 rocket, I wonder. So, uh, now in any case, it seems I was accurate in my Captain Obvious level prediction that this uh, that this event, if it was going to be in November, it would probably be before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is at the end of the month this year here in the United States. And so it is indeed the week prior, exactly one week prior, Thursday, November 21st. Uh, as far as I know now, uh, invitations haven't gone out yet as of me recording this here at, well, 10 p.m. on uh, November 8th. So uh, we'll see what happens. I am crossing my fingers and very much hoping that I'll get an invitation so that I can cover it for this podcast. Uh, plus, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys, as always, I just personally want to see this thing 
with my own eyes in real life because you know I've I've seen this at, with other Tesla events, the other Tesla prototypes. Seeing it with your own eyes is a little bit of a different experience than looking at pictures or watching videos online. And of course, if I get to do that, if I have that, if I am lucky enough to have that privilege, I then get to communicate that to all of you here through the podcast. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I did, I did proactively, I will admit, I went ahead and booked a flight because I thought, well, if I don't, uh, I just booked it on Southwest so I can use the fare. I can use that some other time if, if I end up not getting an invitation and can't go. But I figure, well, the longer I wait, the more expensive the flights are going to get. So fingers crossed I'll get to go. We shall see. And, uh, you know, I, I have no idea how big or small the event will be. So that that's going to factor into this whole thing as well. But regardless, mark your calendars. You are going to want to watch this live stream. And I say that with the acknowledgement that Tesla has not yet announced a live stream for this event. So I am simply speaking of my own brain here, but history suggests there is about a 95% chance that Tesla is going to live stream this because they've live streamed all of their previous big reveals and events over the last, what, several years at this point. So it's pretty reasonable to expect them to do the same here. The countdown is now officially on. We will soon know what the heck the Cybertruck actually is. Moving on this week, Elon dishing out some more interesting stuff on Twitter, not just a Cybertruck reveal date. He replied to a Twitter user named Ryan. Shout out to fellow Ryans, especially because Ryan follows me on Twitter, so there's a good chance he's hearing this now. Hi, Ryan. And if Ryan's Twitter bio is correct, and meaning if it's accurate, uh, he works in production control at Tesla. So one of Elon's own employees asking him on Twitter, hey, Elon, do you plan on using higher than current capacity battery packs for the Plaid S and X? And Elon again, choosing to reply saying, yes. Now this is not a surprise, certainly, uh, but it's nevertheless really, really cool to hear Elon confirm it. In fact, I, I, I'm sh I've been guessing that we'd get a bigger battery pack out of the S and the X for a while, and it just makes sense that the plaid mode version would be the one to finally make that happen. I mean, part of the Roadster's insane power does come from how much power it can draw at once from its massive 200 kilowatt hour battery pack. I don't think that the Plaid S and X will have anything quite that large. After all, the Roadster's the halo car with the price tag to match, but my guess is it's going to be somewhere between 120 and 150 kilowatt hours. Again, I have nothing to base that on other than my own uh, gut feeling of having obsessively covered Tesla for the last four plus years. Uh, so yeah, I, I would be surprised if the pack is any larger than 150 kilowatts. Uh, not only just again, kind of staying out of the Roadster's way, but because of price. Elon had already said that the Plaid S and subsequently X would be more expensive than the current cars 
but meaning the current uh, Performance S, but cheaper than the Porsche Taycan, which is around $180,000, give or take. And uh, with a bigger battery pack, there's another, there's another piece to this besides just the, the power of plaid mode. But with that bigger battery pack, uh, even against the losses that will come from just the raw power, you know, the more, the more power the car has, the, the, you know, the less range it gets. That's the case with the, with the P100DS and X and the Performance Model 3 as well. Uh, but nevertheless, a bigger pat- battery pack should allow the Plaid S and X to sail past 400 miles of rated range while still leaving plenty of power to draw from for racetrack driving, for repeated drag strip launches. It is going to be really cool to see that car in action. On that note, I also believe that it's going to be a different battery chemistry not the 18650 cells that are and have been in the Model S and X since they were originally rolled out because uh, Elon's already talked about that it's a new chassis, so that gives them the opportunity to redesign the battery pan and the, you know, just the, the whole structure of the, the car from, you know, on the inside, the guts of the car. And uh, Tesla's probably got something new and newer and better up their sleeve that will assist with making plaid as plaidy as it can possibly be. But the bottom line, between the plaid S, the Model Y, and initial production of the semi-truck, next year, 2020, is going to be an absolutely fascinating year to watch Tesla. I mean, every year is, in my experience, and like I said, I've been, I've been watching like a hawk for years now, but just 2020 is going to be so much fun. There is going to be so much neat stuff to cover. There probably will, will hardly be a dull week next year, which is, which is good news if you're in the Tesla podcast business like I am. So stay tuned. It's going to be a fun year. Speaking of the Plaid Model S, that car continues to improve and impress at the Nürburgring in Germany. Tesla Rati reporting, quote, recent reports from German motoring publication Auto, Motor und Sport have revealed that the blue Tesla Model S Plaid prototype has broken the company's previous unofficial record on the Nürburgring with the vehicle completing a lap around the track in seven minutes and 13 seconds. The S was able to accomplish this feat not just once, but twice. It had previously done it in 7 minutes and 40 seconds in an earlier iteration. Now, if you're, if like me, you need your memory jogged on this, the Porsche Taycan, which, as we all know by now, seems to be the impetus for all of this Nürburgring and, and plaid mode stuff, um, at least the, the immediate public-facing version of it, the Taycan ran a 7 minute 42 second Nürburgring lap. So uh, down to 7.13, which is really, really impressive. And just think too, the next generation Roadster, which unequivocally will be lighter and more powerful than the Plaid Mode S, it is going to beat whatever the S does. Not probably beat, 
it will beat whatever the S can do. It's purpose-built for speed, number one. And number two, there's the Roadster's whole optional SpaceX package on that, where you can put cold gas thrusters on the car, which, as Elon said in my interview with him earlier this year, will allow the Roadster to do things that are, to use his word, unfair to other cars. Uh, meaning, you know, the car is likely to literally rocket through corners. Uh, I just, I, I cannot wait to see what what the Plaid S uh, ends up being and then what the Roadster after that ends up capable of. More updates from Elon Musk uh, via Twitter. He was a busy boy on Twitter this week. Two-factor authentication is an option that is coming soon for our Tesla accounts. Elon replying to an inquiry from Tesla Owners Club UK leader, Will Feely, uh, Elon saying it's that two-factor authentication is coming soon. We're making foundational upgrades to the core Tesla corporate OS. Two-factor authentication will come right after that. So uh, this is obviously a good thing, of course, more security, more security, more security, especially to these cars that we value so much, both not only uh, emotionally, but financially is a good thing. But it'll be an option, no doubt. You know, if, if you don't like the trade-off, if you don't want the trade-off, which, you know, the, the trade-off will be a little bit of inconvenience uh, with, with logging into your account. It will be optional, I'm sure. But, uh, and if you're, if you're, kind of not familiar with that two-factor authentication. Basically, think of it like pin to drive in your Tesla, but for your Tesla account. So it simply requires an extra step besides just your your login and password to get in. For instance, uh, you know, texting you a, a six-digit code that's only good for a few minutes that then you have to put in to the website or on your phone to, to access the account in order to uh, maximize security there. Uh, next, more good news this week. It's a week. It's just a fun good news week. If you have a standard range plus model three, the new update that is rolling out now has an extra benefit for you. Faster supercharging. Your peak charge rate will now be 170 kilowatts on the V3 superchargers which is up from the 120 kilowatts it was previously, again, on V3s. Well, I know, you know there's barely any V3s out there right now, but just for make sure it's apples to apples. So that's certainly, that's obviously not as quick as the, as the maximum charge rate of 250 kilowatts that the long-range Model 3s can do on V3. It's still a very, very nice improvement. And by the way, it's a decent bit faster than the peak charge rate for the long-range 3s at the V2 superchargers, which currently top out at 150 kilowatts. So just to give you a little bit of extra perspective and context on that, 170 kilowatts is nothing to sneeze at. That is going to be a really impressive charge rate. So here is to more V3 superchargers opening soon. We know a number of them are under construction. In fact, I saw a post on Reddit just tonight uh, in fact, let me see if I can dig up the the poster real quick because I didn't even have this on my notes. I had uh, I had just read this, but it is a uh, it was a it was a picture. No, nothing can't say this a hundred percent definitively, but it appears that the Kettleman City Supercharger, which is kind of the 
prototype awesome supercharger. It's the one, it's between San Francisco and Los Angeles, and it is, uh, it's got, a, a, you know, the lounge, the private lounge that only, you know, you need a code that'll come up on your screen in your car when you pull up to it. You need the code to enter it. There's a, there's a barista in there. They sell some merchandise in there, including a, a, a specific Kettleman City uh, supercharger shirt, which is pretty neat. Uh, and anyway, Kettleman City, which Elon had previously said that Kettleman City would be getting upgraded. So the long and the short of it, as I was vamping there trying to find the post, which I've found, is Kettleman City appears to be getting its V3 supercharger upgrade right now. And the credit for this goes to Tesla Motors Reddit user Sergeant Major General Guy, which uh, it's it, he's it's abbreviated, but S G T M A J G E N G U Y. But <laughs> thank you, Sergeant Major General Guy, for posting the uh, the photographs of uh, some workers. You know, th- there's photographs of workers holding new supercharger shells with all kinds of equipment, and and the a bunch of the existing superchargers there fenced off. So this, again, can't say it with 100% certainty, but I can say it with pretty darn close to 100% certainty that the V3 upgrade is happening at Kettleman City, which is just in time for the holidays, which I'm sure was the goal at at Tesla. You know, the, the Thanksgiving holiday weekend, which is coming up here in just a few weeks, there are going to be so many Teslas going up and down I-5 between San Francisco and L.A. and just up and down the West Coast. And then, of course, after Thanksgiving, you've got you've got the Christmas season as well, Christmas itself. There'll be a ton of Teslas uh, you know, on that I-5 corridor and a lot of people making use of, of Kettleman. And you know, you'll be able to move so many more Teslas through there with the upgraded speeds of V3. So... Great, great news on that. Once it actually opens, I will pass along word on that as well. Next this week, the results are in from the rest of that 5,000 owner Model 3 survey that Bloomberg did. I told you about the the first part of it last week. Tip of the cap here to Tesla Roddy for uh, sort of summarizing the report here. Once again, the results of this survey are pretty darn impressive. 90% of Model 3 owners that were part of this study stated that autopilot makes them feel safer on the road overall. Think about that for just a second. Nine out of 10 owners say not not, not just that they like autopilot, that they feel that it makes them safer. That is a really really impressive figure. Now the now to be to balance it out, the most common complaints about autopilot cited in Bloomberg's survey are phantom braking incidents, as well as times when autopilot fails to react fast enough to sudden maneuvers of other drivers. Overall, 13% of the study's respondents stated that autopilot has put them in risky situations at some point, but on the other hand, 28% of the study's respondents noted that autopilot had saved them from dangerous situations. So that's, uh, that's some interesting food to, for thought there. Bloomberg's study also covered the usefulness of Smart Summon, the, of course, recently, very recently released self, you know, literal self-driving feature. Among the respondents, 70% noted that Smart Summon is a useful feature, while 41% stated that it's reliable enough for average drivers. 75% 
added that Smart Summon navigates well, and 81% noted that the feature's limitations are clearly explained by Tesla. The feature is uh, perceived by the respondents as very safe as well, with 95% stating that Smart Summon avoids pedestrians, 90% noting that the feature avoids other cars, and 98% saying that the feature stops immediately when needed. Well, I'll tell you, if I'm being totally honest here, as I always try to be, I'm a little surprised that the Smart Summon numbers in the survey are that high you know, based off of what is the first public version of Smart Summon, because it's definitely still got plenty of quirks. I've seen plenty of videos online, read plenty of accounts, and it is great, don't get me wrong, it does neat stuff, but um, it's it's also, you know, it, can, it does require supervision still. But I suppose, you know, the flip side is, it's so, it's, it's so darn impressive as well that people are giving it high marks in this Bloomberg survey. And the good news, too, it's only going to get better, starting with that first big update that's coming to it very soon, per Elon's remarks on the earnings call a couple of weeks ago. As for autopilot, there is, I have found in my personal experience, there is one spot on a freeway where I can get autopilot to phantom brake every single time. Uh, so I can repeat it. And I, I've done bug reports. I don't know what else I can do. But outside of that particular spot, I, I have, knock on wood, I have not had the phantom braking thing happen to me in quite some time. And I'll tell you, I absolutely would be one of, had I uh, participated in the survey, I would have been one of the 90% that says they feel safer uh, because of autopilot. And again, just to just to hammer this home, like Smart Summon, Autopilot 2 is only getting better. It continues to improve. It continues to get better. Awesome. Finally this week, in a fairly busy news week, a very important note for my California listeners. Apologies to the rest of you, but I know for a fact from digging into my metrics that I have a lot of California listeners. The California State Electric Vehicle Rebate, which has been $2,500 for a long time, it is changing quite a lot in a way that will affect a lot of Tesla customers. So let me just walk you through this real quick. And again, thank you to the Tesla Motors Reddit for uh, flagging this. That's where I saw it. On December 3rd of this year, in other words, less than one month from now, the MSRP cap for rebate eligibility is lowering to $60,000. So that knocks out the S, all of them, the X, all of them, as well as the performance Model 3. S, X, and P3D will no longer, if you buy one, you will not be able to get the, the California State Electric Vehicle Rebate. Uh, and I was going to say the $2,500 rebate, except one of the other big changes here is that the amount of the rebate is decreasing. It's going from $2,500 down to $2,000, which is still a very significant amount of money. $2,000 is nothing to sneeze at. But the bottom line here is uh, this is tough because... It's not tough long-term. I totally get it long-term. Talk about that more in a second. But 
there are a lot of people, probably plenty of you listening right now, who have in California who have already ordered a Tesla, um, particularly in this case, a Model Three, uh, and you are the, the backlog is such that you're waiting for for your car a little longer than than you might like. Then you know the the wait time had been for a lot of the year two to three weeks. But the, the backlog is bigger. The wait time is longer right now. It looks like these California cars might not get delivered per the delivery estimates that a lot of people have right now until the second half of December, right towards the end of the month, the end of the quarter, the end of the year. And that uh, is tough because of this December 3rd change to the program. So my hope is that perhaps Tesla will move the California orders up in the queue a bit since California is the only state affected by this uh, in order, you know, just to to try and uh, maximize the amount of customers that can take advantage of the California rebate before it changes. Tesla has historically been good about that kind of thing of of doing right by their customers and trying to, to make sure that they can capitalize on incentives wherever possible. So, uh, but again, the car must be delivered by December 3rd in order to be eligible uh, for this. So aside, setting aside the people that are currently in limbo with this, uh, and if, if, if that is you, by the way, I feel for you. That's, that's now going to cause you some anxiety that you, you didn't even, that you did not anticipate when you ordered your car. So I, if I put myself in those shoes, that's, you know, that's a lot of money and I would definitely be sweating that right now. So I hope Tesla is able to, to make it right for as many of you as possible. But in principle, just again, setting that aside and sort of the bigger picture, I'll say I'm totally okay with these changes. I mean, hey, would it be great if there were more and bigger and, and wider spread electric vehicle rebates in California and in every state? Yes. But if there's going to be a limited amount of money in the pool for this, which, by the way, there is every year in California. That's how this program works. It's the, the, there's a pool of money. It gets exhausted, and then it gets renewed, and, and the cycle continues. And thankfully, California always has renewed it. You know, they could have easily just said, nope, we're not going to do that this year. We're going to spend that money on something else. But California has continued to renew it. Um, but yeah, if there, if there is going to be a limited amount of money in that pool, I would rather see it go towards helping people afford a standard range plus model three rather than, you know, having somebody who's going to grab an S and X or a, or a performance three. So, um, again, yeah, long-term, I think it's a good, I mean, it's, it's the best of the situation, right? So this is, this is going to go to help more standard range plus people and just help more people be able to, to just make that financial uh, stretch, you know, that, that two grand is going to help a lot of people um, and, and just help uh, bring the cost of that standard range plus three down for them. So that I'm happy about. Again, I'm not happy about the fact that this all seems to be happening very quickly uh, and that there may be a number of people who are in limbo with it. But like I said, hopefully it's going to work out and just wanted to pass this along to my California listeners as a public service announcement. All right, stick with me. I will be right back after the Tasmanian ad with the Ride the Lightning Hotline. Plenty of your excellent 
phone calls lined up, your Tesla questions, comments, discussion topics coming up right after this. This week, Ride the Lightning is brought to you by Tesmanian and their Model 3 soft cooler and floor mats. The Tesmanian soft cooler fits perfectly into the Model 3's rear trunk well or the Model X frunk. It holds up to 52 cans of beverages without ice packs or 30 to 40 with ice, holding temperature up to 48 hours with ice or the three included ice packs. The cooler has a heavy-duty nylon shell, sturdy closed-cell insulation, and is made with eco-friendly, non-toxic, odorless, and recyclable materials. Meanwhile, their custom-made Model 3 floor mats are sturdy and durable, 300% more temperature-resistant than normal PVC. They've got a deeply molded tread pattern that channels all spills, stains, dirt, mud, and snow away, and they're non-toxic, BPA-free, and 100% odorless. Order either or both today at testmanian.com. That's testmanian.com, T-E-S-M-A-N-I-A-N.com. Time for your calls here in the Ride the Lightning Hotline. If you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic as it pertains to the world of Tesla, give me a call. There are two easy ways to do it. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record that question. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less. That's a minute and a half. And you can send that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can do the same thing, minute and a half call and just leave it as a voicemail on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's a toll-free number. Call it anytime, day or night, 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And hey, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. And a quick note that the November Patreon-exclusive bonus episode is up. That's where all the extra calls go to uh, to get answered, to get discussed, When I the ones I don't have time to get to here on the weekly show, the regular normal podcast. And there were a lot of them. This is about a 45-minute bonus episode because I had uh, not one but two shows with no hotline because of the, uh, the quarterly earnings call and then the Franz interview. So a lot of a lot of calls uh, covered. I just want to thank the following callers who are featured on that: Jeff from New Jersey, Mike from Los Altos, Daniel from South Florida, Chris from Southern California, Maturchin from Toronto, Jonathan from Maryland, Robert from Texas, Josh from Mississippi, Jameson from Sacramento, Keith from Greensboro, Jerome from Northern California, Dave, Jonas from Paris. Darren from Illinois, John from Seattle, Dan from New York, Jersey from the San Francisco East Bay, David from Chattanooga, Bill from Idaho, and Tim from Indiana. So uh, if you just heard your name and you are not supporting me on Patreon, I still want to make sure that you hear this episode because if you were kind enough, you, you took the time and energy to call in, I want you to hear the answer. So just email me and I will give you a one-time download link to get to that uh, episode. So let's get rolling now with Jeremy in New Zealand, uh, who has, th- there was a big big topic last week. I got a lot of calls in response about s- slow read and write speeds with USB and the dash cam and you know some best practices there. 
So uh, Jeremy, I think, has a, has a good uh, solution. Let's go to Jeremy. Hi, Ryan. It's Jeremy from Christchurch, New Zealand. Just calling to respond to the uh, caller that you had last week that was having a problem with the slow write speed to his USB uh, for Sentry Motor dash cam. Uh, I've been having exactly the same problem, so I'm not sure if it's something to do with Software 10 because I've uh, used a couple of different USBs getting the same issue. Anyway, my uh, workaround is just to have two USBs in the car, and that way if I get the bug, um, I just swap the uh, USB sticks over, so at least I'm still recording dash cam in sentry mode until I can get home and reformat the bugged drive and just keep swapping them over, over as necessary. Fortunately, it's not something that happens too often, so it's not too uh, arduous. Uh, while I've got you, I just wanted to say uh, I finally, after more than three years waiting, got my right-hand drive uh, performance model 3. It's pretty much exactly a carbon copy of yours, the uh, red multi-coat, white interior, and uh, I'm in love. Uh, I know a few people from Tesla listen to your podcast, so I just want to take this opportunity to say a huge thank you to everyone at Tesla. Uh, you've built an extraordinary machine. I've had a lot of possessions in my life, and I've got to say this one is by far the best thing I've ever owned. Um, I can't help it. You know, Several times a day, I actually go and just walk out to the garage and stand there staring at it. It really is my dream come true. So uh, to all of you at Tesla, thank you. You've just made something that really brings me a lot of joy in my life. Uh, and thank you to you, Ryan, for a great podcast. Keep up the great work. And uh, yeah, talk to you again sometime. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, I agree with you. It's the best thing I've ever owned. And I can tell you that feeling doesn't go away. Uh, and then as far as the USB sticks, I actually do the exact same thing. But I do it because if I'm parked somewhere very public, especially now that Sentry Mode tracks things behind the car with the backup camera, I can walk back to my car to find dozens of Sentry events just, just filling up the stick. So I always keep a second one formatted and ready to go in my center console there so that I can swap it out and always have one ready just in case. Uh, again, also on this subject, as I teased at the top, I got a lot of responses to this over the past week with a, a pretty general consensus, and, and that appears to be this. It would seem that USB sticks, memory sticks, are not really designed to be written to and written over on a constant basis the way in the way that they are used for the dash cam. I had several people recommend an SD card with a USB adapter built into it so that you're writing to an SD card rather than to USB. Apparently, that method is still not perfect, but according to a handful of listeners that, that all independently wrote in, that that is going to be a much longer-term solution that should not suffer the same issues. And, uh, you know, as, as a few people pointed out to me in their responses, the thing to keep in mind is you don't want to actually have an incident only to pull your footage for the police and or the insurance company, only to have it be corrupt or grainy or in some other way unusable. In fact, I want to pass along a specific recommendation that was given to me. It comes from Jake Keenholtz. Jake, thank you so much. Jake recommended the Samsung Pro Endurance 128 gig micro SDXC card and the Ugreen, just the letter U, U-G-R-E-E-N, Ugreen SD card reader USB drive 
that has an aluminum case for heat dispersion. And he said, this new solution provides better quality footage, no glitches like my slow USB did, and has been solid. I shared this with my other Model 3 friends and it fixed their issues as well, end quote from Jake. So I went ahead and decided I'm going to take Jake's recommendation and I ordered those two exact things myself. It was with tax, $50 for both of them. Not bad as a longer term solution. In fact, I have my Amazon, the envelopes over there. Uh, I just haven't had a chance to put them in the car yet. They arrived today. So I have, I'll, I will test that out over the weekend, take a look at some USB footage, kind of look at the quality of it and just make sure everything is uh, running smoothly. So, you know, I'm not officially endorsing this myself yet uh, be, just because I haven't tried it, but I, I was more than happy to trust my audience because you guys, you know, have never, you guys have never steered me wrong. Uh, and it's, and I try to do the same for you and never steer you wrong. So thank you, Jake. Thank you to everybody who wrote in with this. And of course, you know, the neither nice thing too about, about this setup that, that Jake had recommended that I'm going to try is 128 gigs will take a good bit longer to fill up than the cheapo 32 megs USB sticks, or 32 gig USB sticks that I've been using just as that I've had sitting around my, my desk. So uh, again, thank you, Jeremy, for your call. Thank you, Jake, and everybody else who wrote in on this topic. Let's go now to Brian from Juneau, Alaska. This Brian, you might be the first caller from Alaska that I've ever had. I'm sure I have plenty of Alaskan listeners, but Brian, I think you might be the first one to actually ring up the Ride the Lightning hotline. So thank you for that. Brian asks about superchargers. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, Ryan. It's Brian from Juneau, Alaska. Midterm listener, first time caller. I wanted to get your thoughts on superchargers. According to Tesla, there's 15,000 supercharging stalls open today uh, worldwide. My question is if Elon is stating that we'll have full self-driving in 365 days a year or less, why aren't all superchargers being built today being the autonomous snake chargers? That seems logical to me. As the number of superchargers increases, that will just be that many more they have to retrofit later. And that will obviously take more than a year to retrofit them all. I remember Galileo Russell had a similar question at Autonomy Day. Elon said um, to his question, it's a known situation and it's trivial. And that's pretty much all he said about it. I happen to think this is not a trivial situation because it'll take so much time to retrofit all these superchargers. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, and thank you so much. Love the show. Thanks for being such a Tesla enthusiast for us all. Thank you. I agree with you, Brian, in that I, I don't think it's trivial either. I go back to my interview with Elon back in late May for my answer on this. In the interview, he told me that the supercharger deployment is a cost issue, that they have to be strategic with rolling out new or upgraded superchargers, lest they run out of money. So the real need for autonomous charging is still realistically pretty far away, all things considered, even if Elon says it's going to be feature complete fairly soon. And just look at Q3, right? They just blew everyone away and turned a profit in a very healthy, cash flow positive, sustainable way. If Tesla can keep building on that and continue to improve their overall financial health, then yes, it will cost more to retrofit the superchargers with charging snakes because there will be more superchargers. But in effect, 
It really won't because the company will be in a much healthier place overall to be able to undertake that project. That's my take on it anyway. Thank you very much for calling in, Brian. Let's go out to New York, talk to our friend Joe. Joe from New York talking Tesla service. Hey, Ryan, it's Joe from New York. I wanted to uh, let you know that uh, there's been an improvement in the way Tesla service is running. I know uh, a couple moons ago, you had had problems with uh, getting uh, your windshield replaced and those back and forth, your insurance and Tesla service and such. Uh, I will let you know that... Uh, I had a issue with my glass, needed it to get replaced uh, in the end, and I made an appointment, dropped it off in the morning, and I got a text in the afternoon saying that it was ready, and I picked it up the next day. So I don't know if it was just an issue with your service center or the, my service center in Mount Kisco is fantastic, but uh, I certainly had a good experience. Love the podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. Great to hear this, Joe. Thanks for calling in, and I'm happy to hear that Tesla took good care of you. When I had my glass uh, odyssey, let's call it, it was before Tesla had pulled the glass work in-house on, uh, on a regular basis. They were outsourcing it, which that was what proved to be the heart of my woes with that process. When I finally did get taken care of, six weeks later, as you may recall, Tesla ended up doing it themselves, and hey, they took great care of me. It was great. So based on my lousy experience with the third-party glass company, I was very, very happy to hear that Tesla was bringing glass service in-house, and I'm definitely happy to hear that you got your glass replacement done quickly and painlessly, which quite frankly is how it should be for a relatively routine service like that. So hopefully that is going to be the new normal. Brian from Northern Virginia reacting to Elon Musk's thoughts about advertising that he was mentioning on the earnings call a couple weeks ago. Go ahead, Brian. Thanks, Brian. This is Brian from Northern Virginia with a comment on your episode 221 where you talked about Elon Musk's uh, thoughts on advertising, period. It seems to me there is a place for a little bit of advertising by Tesla. And that's because every time I talk to anybody who's considering buying a Tesla, who's thinking about a, uh, uh, an electric vehicle, the number one question I get is charging. How do you charge? How long does it take? Where is it possible? Doesn't it limit you? Etc. And of course, I point out that it's really quite simple to install charging capacity in your home or even in your condo building, that you have a, an array of superchargers all over the United States, about every 75 or 100 miles along virtually every interstate in all the major cities, and that you fundamentally, simply with a little bit of planning, can go anywhere you want in the United States and probably most parts of the world and you'll have quite sufficient charging that happens very quickly. It doesn't take long. And this is a real advantage for Tesla. So I think we can all imagine some pretty clever and creative 30-second commercials, the kind of informative image-building advertising that we often see on television. That's my thought, and I'd certainly welcome yours and the thoughts of any others who uh, would like to uh, comment on that. Take care. 
Thank you, Brian. I think what you're hitting on is exactly what Elon was referring to when he said that Tesla's eventual advertisements would be informational slash educational. And listening to your call, I'm now picturing a really slick TV spot about ease of charging that shows how chargers are everywhere. Maybe like a series of quick cuts that get even quicker as the ad goes on, you know, showing like first showing a 110 volt outlet, a regular wall outlet, then a garage charger, then a wall connector, then a public charger and a supercharger, and then like zooming out to the entire United States supercharger map and then the entire world's supercharger map. You know, the right ad, I feel, really could drive home your very important point about charging because I agree, it really is the most commonly asked question slash concern. Thanks for your call. As always, Brian, let's go out to Anthony in New York, uh, who has a question about Model 3s because he's a Model S owner. Go ahead, Anthony. Hi, this is Anthony from New York, and I have a question with regards to what I call um, when I walk past Model 3s, I'm a Model S owner with a key fob, I notice that the headlights give a short uh, burst on the rim around the headlights, almost like the Tesla knows that I'm walking past with a key fob and it's looking at me. I'm not sure if anyone else has experienced this. Um, it's pretty cool. Hey, Anthony, I'm sorry that your call broke up quite a lot there, but I was able to pick up what you were getting at. Uh, anyway, I wish it was that cool, but what you're actually seeing is sentry mode in action. When a 3S or X that has sentry mode uh, capability has it turned on, it will give you a quick wink, as you say, of the headlights if it detects motion close to it. So you are being recorded, my friend, when you notice that happening. So I, I've had when I when that happens to me, I'll turn and wave at the car in case the owner decides to look at the footage later. Thanks, Anthony. Next up is Blake from Toronto, who uh, has been having a, a particularly strange issue with his mid-range Model Three. Blake, you're on the air. Hi, this is Blake from Toronto. We picked up a nice mid-range Model Three in December, um, and enjoy it immensely although we've had troubles with the radio um, our very first update in february of this year the radio started getting glitchy occasionally it would stop working um, subsequent updates have actually made this worse to the last update our radio doesn't even work anymore we used to be able to switch to streaming and back to radio and it would bring it back up but the radio just stopped working um, i'm just curious if anybody else has seen this and had this problem before Thanks. Um, and I love the podcast. Uh, you know, we've been investors from the very beginning of Tesla, and it probably took us a number of years, like many people listening to this, to get our first, and we absolutely love it. And I can't stop driving people around. Um, and I, it brings a smile to my face when somebody says, Hey, you know, what about this Tesla? And can I go for a ride? Because of course you can go for a ride. <laughs> Anyways, love the podcast. Have a great day. Thanks. Blake, I am sorry to hear about your radio troubles, and I have to be honest with you, I can't say I've heard of this elsewhere in the community. It's not to say it hasn't happened, but I haven't seen anything about it, and uh, I confess, I have, this is true, I've literally never once used FM radio in my car. I've always, and I'm, I, I am always listening to streaming, and occasionally something via Bluetooth off my phone, so... You know, I wonder if your FM antenna, uh, pardon me, FM antenna, 
assuming the car has one, I presume it's there hidden somewhere. If that antenna might be faulty, I I would go ahead and make a service appointment through the your your app for that right on your phone. And my guess is that if indeed there is an FM radio antenna, as I suspect there is, that Tesla will hopefully just replace that for you. And hopefully that will take care of the problem. Let's go next to Scott. Wants to talk about uh, range as it pertains to different variations of the Teslas. Go ahead, Scott. Hey, Ryan. This is Scott McGoltz, first-time caller. I have a technical question for you. Do you, under, do you understand or do you know why when you look at the Model S and X and you go from a single motor to a dual motor, the range increases? However, on the Model 3, when you go from the rear-wheel drive, the single motor, to a dual motor, the range decreases. It goes down. does the exact opposite. And I was just curious if that is a, an actual range drop or is that just one of those EPA numbers that, that they throw out there that has uh, you know, not quite an accurate meaning? Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. Take care. Bye-bye. Scott, this was a real thing. I say was because, of course, a single motor SRX has not been available new for quite some time. But the reason for it is because of the induction motor that was used in the older variations of the dual motor SNX. One of them could shut down at cruising speed in order to be more efficient. And when you did need both motors for the all-wheel drive, it could make millisecond-level adjustments to the power at each wheel and thus actually be more efficient than a rear-wheel drive-only SRX. The Model 3's range goes down in a dual motor configuration because it uses a permanent magnet motor in the rear that can never actually shut off the way a permanent magnet motor works. So there is no efficiency gain from, uh, you know, when you're cruising on the highway, that permanent magnet motor is always on, as it were. So I hope that, that, I know that's a pretty general explanation, but hopefully that helps. Uh, let's see. We've got three more calls this week. Tamara from Portland is next, and he is responding to Elon Musk's comments from the earnings call about the S and the X being uh, only produced now for sentimental reasons. Go ahead, Tamara. Hey, Ryan. This is Tamara from Portland. Um, I wanted to make a couple comments. Uh, when Elon was talking about the S and the X not being as important to the line lineup anymore. You know, I, I definitely agree with them, um, and I don't think he made any offense to S and X owners or early adopters. This guy has always been a super forward-thinking guy, years ahead of everyone, and he's been working on these cars for so long to make them so great so that he would have a chance to get the Model 3, you know, and a mass-market car uh, a launched and accepted. So that was his goal, I think, from the very beginning. So I think he's just super excited about it and wants it to be, you know, super successful. And that's, you know, his dream is always have that mass market car. Um, the other thing I wanted to make a comment about was the, the Q3 report and some of the comments that Elon had. I think the Model Y and the Model 3, you know, question about looking so similar is an issue. And I think they probably took a little bit of heat for it. For, um, when when the reveal showed up, and their comments saying, "Hey, the S and the X uh, both 
you know, the sales went up when they, when they were uh, revealed. I don't think is a fair comparison because they look so, so different. And the Y and the 3 really looked too similar. But again, I think it's gonna, the Y is going to be a huge success. And I'm not being negative about it. I just thought that it wasn't quite a fair comparison. But the good news is the latest pictures of the Model 3 next to the Model Y, I think they actually did tweak it quite a bit. And I wanted to know what you guys thought about it. Uh, it definitely looks taller. It looks a little bit meaner. <laughs> it looks like a real SUV now. And so I'm really excited about that. But, um, you know, all the best to everyone who, who's bought a Tesla and for Tesla in general. It's just such a great company. Anyway, thanks very much. Great podcast. Thanks for calling in, Tamer. I agree with you about where Elon's head was at with regard to those Model S and X sentimental reasons comment. He is indeed always looking ahead at the bigger picture, so I suspect you're pretty spot on there. I would also agree with your comment about the S versus X, 3 versus Y comparison. But about the Model Y being tweaked significantly since the unveiling seven months ago... Maybe, but honestly, I think it's probably more about context. The Model Y unveiling did not show the car very well. When I went back and, and looked at the live stream after I got home from the event itself, where, by the way, I could not see the stage during the presentation from where I was standing, it was a... Well, I couldn't see the car, put it that way. Um, it was... You know, this was a dark blue Model Y with black wheels on a black stage with, honestly, lousy lighting. You couldn't really get a good look at the car. And then the test rides outside that I, I was lucky enough to get to do, that was at night. And there were really no great photos or videos of the outside of the car there because, again, there were no, the lighting wasn't right. It wasn't good for it. So... Now, though, here's the thing. Now, we are seeing the Model Y in different colors, and more crucially, we are seeing it on occasion next to the Model 3, which we could not do with the unveiling. So now, we're really getting that context for its size relative to a 3. It's a decent bit taller, and, uh, and now we are also seeing what it looks like in natural lighting. So... It's going to be really fascinating to see how the market reacts to the Model Y once it is released next year. Cheers, Tamer. Two more calls. Let's head out to England and talk to our friend Jonathan, who answers the caller that was looking for information last week about how autopilot fares with roundabouts. Go ahead, Jonathan. Hello, Ryan. This is Jonathan Hodgetts from England, answering David's inquiry about autopilot on roundabouts. Autopilot does not usually work on roundabouts at all. If you try to go onto a roundabout with autopilot, you usually get the red hand come up on the steering wheel. I've only once ever managed to successfully go round a roundabout with autopilot, and that was following another vehicle very slowly and taking the first exit. Regarding the lack of Model 3s in the UK, that will change rapidly. I picked up a Model 3 for my wife last Saturday and apparently at that one service centre they were delivering over 200 
Model 3s on that one day. And apparently that is what they're regularly doing every single day. So at that rate, obviously they're going to increase rapidly. Regarding the matter of full self-driving in Europe, I remember Elon saying that Europe would probably be the last part of the world to get full self-driving due to the legislation requirements. So I'm afraid we've got a long wait, I'm afraid. Bye for now. Thank you very much for that first-hand report about roundabouts, Jonathan. I appreciate that. Again, I didn't know that information, so I am more than happy to learn something new, and I'm sure David appreciates it too. Let's finish strong with our friend DJ in North Central Ohio, again with a call or response uh, from a caller a while back who was asking about a, a teenager mode in the car. Go ahead, DJ. Hey, Ryan. DJ in lovely North Central Ohio again. Uh, calling to respond to a caller from a couple weeks ago. I'm a little behind on the show. Sorry about that. Uh, I was asking about teenager mode for the Tesla. Uh, the car actually already has most of what he was asking for. If you go to the app and go to controls, you will see at the bottom speed limit mode. And if you turn on speed limit mode to whatever max speed you want and it's enabled, it also automatically enables chill mode at the same time. And the only way to disable it is from the app and with a pin. So hope that helps out. Talk to you later. Have a good one. Bye. I did not realize that it was that extensive, DJ. Thank you very much for that. Once again, as with the last call, it's very helpful. And I learned something today which I always appreciate. Thanks, DJ. Thanks, everybody who called in. I sincerely appreciate those of you that take the time to do so. I invite you. I I welcome it. If you would like to call in, you heard the ways to do it. Two easy ways to do that. You heard that at the top of the segment. Check that out. Or if you're ever curious, uh, the show description has the instructions for calling in as well. So thanks again, everybody. We'll do more calls next week, of course. For now, stick with me. I'll be right back. Uh, with an update on what's been going on with me and my car, as well as your pro tip of the week and a few uh, plugs and final notes right after this. I have many reasons to thank all of you listeners every week, uh, and this week I have a new one. Thanks to a tip from a few of you, I think this mostly came from Instagram where I was uh, posting about this stuff over there, uh, you know, with my, my whole pothole tire blowout situation. I went and bought a full replacement road hazard warranty for my new tires from America's Tire, which in some parts of the United States is known as Discount Tire. They stock the Performance Model 3 20-inch Michelin tires, and the guy there said that they do 20 to 30 Teslas every day. Uh, By the way, thanks Bay Area Roads. So, yeah, it turns out you can buy a tire, a full road hazard, you know, full replacement warranty from them, even if you didn't buy the tires there, so long as you've got enough tread left on the tires to qualify. I don't know what that amount is. I didn't think to ask, but he did, the gentleman did come out and measure the the tread depth on my tires, and I knew I would be fine because they were like a week and maybe a couple hundred miles old. So again, since Tesla doesn't offer a road hazard warranty themselves, 
Take note of this. If you're taking delivery on a brand new Tesla and you've got an America's Tire discount tire, again, I mean, I'm not affiliated with them at all. Uh, <laughs> although maybe I should be at the rate I'm going, <laughs> I'm going through tires. But no, it's, you know, this... I, I've I've used them before. I when I lived in Arizona, they actually they would they did my DeLorean tires for me, so they always took good care of me. Anyway, yeah, it, you know you could do this with a new car if you take delivery. You could zip your car over there, uh, get your tire tread uh, tire depth tread depth measured, and grab a, a warranty uh, a full replacement warranty on your new car tires. I if I had known this, I it, this could have saved me hundreds and hundreds of dollars. So wanted to pass this along to everybody. Thank you to the uh, handful of folks that suggested that I do that. Now for the pro tip of the week, let's go to Josh from Virginia with what might be one of the most unique and special case pro tips of the week ever, but I found this so fascinating that I wanted to play this. I wanted to share this with you. So Josh, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, this is Josh from Virginia with a pro tip. If you're fortunate enough to have a Model 3 and a Model X and you're finding yourself uh, having trouble <clears throat> getting in and out of the doors in in the Model 3 in the inside of the garage, uh, you could open the Falcon Wing door on the, the Model X and the rear door on the Model 3 will fit perfectly into the opening, giving you more room to open the, the door. <clears throat> Hope this helps someone. Uh, it's helped me a lot getting baby seats in and out of the Model 3 inside of the garage. Well, as I said, heading into this, that is an incredibly specific tip, but Josh, thank you very much. It's it's really, it's a very impressive tip in the, the the way you described it. It's almost as if the two cars were designed to complement each other that way. I mean, I imagine it's a design coincidence more than anything else, but you never know. Still, uh, I wanted to go ahead and play this, pass it along, because, you know, even if it doesn't necessarily affect a ton of people in my audience, I think it's just interesting. That's super cool. So, Josh, thank you for calling in with that. And with that, let me just mention a couple things, starting with Immaculate Reflections. So Jeff passed along word. He told me that he is going to run uh, an insane Black Friday deal, a limited, limited quantity thing. So if you want... But it, and it's on full body paint protection film. So I, he he told me what the number is, and I was like, "Are you are you sure you you want to do that?" And he said, "Yes." So there is a major discount if you want to wrap your entire car in in a full body paint protection film, uh, which, like I said, I've done with mine, and I'm so you know it's already saved me a few times. You know, I had the gash on the bumper, which if I hadn't done the whole thing, that would have been a gash in the paint. I had that weird little object, something I I hit that came under the car and and uh, gouged the film on the lower part of the passenger door. Not long after I got it, that that would have gone into the paint had I not had the full body film. So it's certainly been a, been uh, worth it to me. If you plan on doing it and you're in the Bay Area or you're going to be in the Bay Area, you can capitalize on a great deal, a great discount on that paint protection film service from Immaculate Reflections right now. So contact Jeff at Immaculate Reflections by visiting the website, which is irdetailing.com. 
Com. He's, of course, uh, I've mentioned the last several weeks, he's got a couple of other promotions running as well. So take him up on those. He does great, great work. Meanwhile, if you are uh, in the market for a wireless charging pad for your Model 3 that just drops right in the center console, no tools needed, wirelessly charges your smartphone if, in fact, your phone has uh, Qi wireless, Qi standard wireless charging, you can grab the second-gen Jada wireless charging pad, which I have in my car. I had purchased the, the original one and liked it very well, but the, sec- the second-gen version is way, way better. So, uh, you know, it's 100 bucks, yes, but it's a one-time, you'll, he'll have it for the life of the car. So if you want to grab that, they also have the, uh, the USB hub that I've mentioned a few times here and there as well. So if you're interested in either or both of those, you can check them out on their website. Please use my referral link. So uh, if you just type this in, it'll take you to their website. And if you do buy uh, either or both of those products, Jada kindly throws me a few bucks just in the interest of full transparency, just a referral thing. So the link there is getjada.com, G-E-T-J-E-D-A, getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. That whole thing is important. You got to use that whole thing. So thank you in advance there. And then there is, of course, abstractocean.com, longtime friend of Ride the Lightning. They have had the uh, discount code for this podcast audience running for a while. So if you've never been there, take a look. You know, it's it's a holiday time. They've got all kinds, of, like I would say lighting accessories are their specialty. LED lighting kits for the interiors and exteriors of the cars as well as like the, those cool puddle lights that you can, you can swap out. It's like one simple tool, the light in the bottom of your door, and then you can have it shine the Tesla T logo down or the Model 3 logo or the S or X logo. Uh, and then, of course, the, the center console wraps are a popular seller. They've got the, the new, brand new version of the tempered glass screen protector, all kinds of stuff abstractocean.com. Use the coupon code RTLPODCAST. That's all one word, RTLPODCAST. Use that code at checkout to get 15% off of your first order. Uh, What else? You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Same thing on Instagram. And then I told you how you can email me early in the show. I'm I'm at uh, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And... Subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. That's a, a not a monetary thing. That's just a free convenience thing so that the show downloads to you automatically each and every time a new episode drops, which, of course, is every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. You can subscribe on pretty well any major podcast service, be it iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. There's Google Podcasts. There is Stitcher. TuneIn, which is in your Tesla, remember, with TuneIn. There's Spotify, and then I'm on YouTube as well, just as an audio-only syndication there. I just crossed 6,000 subscribers on YouTube, too, which I'm it's it, I'm impressed by that because, like, this is the only place I promote it. Is I, I, and I don't even... Promoting it's a strong word. I just mention it, and there's no video, too. And most people don't like it when there's when there's no video on YouTube, but uh, I'm, I'm happy to put the podcast anywhere that people want to listen to it. So thanks to all of you who listen to this on YouTube. Uh, Finally, 
Let's see, I want to make sure that's everything. I believe that's everything. Yes. I want to thank, of course, the Patreon producers, the wonderful kind souls who uh, support me at the producer tier, which means they get a few extra fun little perks every month, or in some cases, every week. So thank you to Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lars Hoffman, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Gabriel Salaz, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Larry Lynch, Chris Konesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Aaron Appleby, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peak, Scott Gillis, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, and Jeff Angwin. Thank you all so very much. If you if you feel that I have earned your voluntary monetary support, which is what Patreon is, uh, then first of all, thank you if you feel that I have earned that. And you can uh you can pledge and learn more. You can find everything out on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. So uh, thank you in advance should you deem me worthy of that. Uh, but of course, you know, the show will come at you the same time as it has for 223 straight weeks now. And but yeah. Hey, if uh, it's it's we're getting towards that time of the year where we <laughs> express some thanks. So, if you feel like I've earned I've earned your uh, your your Patreon thanks, well, thank you in advance for that. Alrighty, I think that wraps it up. I want to say, as always, thank you for kindly generate uh, do- kindly donating your time generously. Boy, I am twisting my own tongue here at the end of a of another hour and. 10-something minute show, so I should get out of here before I mount, I mingle my words some more, like I did right at the at, right there. It's just, it's all going south right here at the end. I should quit while I'm still sort of maybe ahead. So for a sleeping Daisy the Boxer puppy, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Thank you all so very much for sticking with me for the 223rd episode of Ride the Lightning. I will see you back here next week. In the meantime, happy electric motoring. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.